Oh, I'm so excited. I'm literally laying on my back. <laughs> Hi, welcome to Positively Positive. If you're new here, my name is Sarah, and today we have a good friend of mine on the show. She has vaginismus. And if you've listened to every episode, you may remember me talking about drunkenly supporting her and her vagina, but today she's here to talk about it herself what this is, why it happens, how can you live with it, should you talk about it on stage in front of your peers. Let's talk about vaginismus, baby. So, Rafiki, welcome to the show. Hello, thank you for having me. I'm dying. We are going to explain your name, but first of all, how old are you? What's your sexual orientation and what do you do for a living? I'm 33 years old. I am an actor. What was the other question? Oh, your sexual orientation. We are so bad at this. (laughs) I'm straight. Okay. So what is vaginismus? So vaginismus is the body's automatic reaction to the fear of some or all types of vaginal penetration. So whenever penetration is attempted, your vaginal muscles tighten up on their own. So you have no control over this. So even if your mind is like, I want to do this, your body just as a safety response tightens up. And this can happen to people who have enjoyed painless penetrative sex before. It can happen after many years of enjoying it. It can happen um, for the first time. It's just there's no kind of rhyme or reason in terms of that type of method. Basically, a dick can't go in your vagina. Is that what you're saying? So, yes. But some women have problems even putting um, a Q-tip in. So it's like... And, and it's very, very painful for them. Oh my God. I like get tense just like thinking about that. So yeah, you have no idea. <laughs> how did you say this is caused? Like, why does this happen? There's so many different reasons. I mean, I can only speak for myself. More often than not, it can be triggered somewhere in your early childhood. It could be because, you know, you were raised to think that sex is bad. It could be because people said bad girls do it or because I I even have a memory where there was this my mom's friend would always tell me I was a little girl and I'd wear dresses and I'd sit with my legs open and she'd always be like close your legs close your legs good girls don't sit like that so even something like that like just like the idea of having your legs open subconsciously has just like manifested in your body and that you somehow think is wrong so it could be anything so do you have any idea like was it that your family saying stuff like that that caused it for you do you think i think there's so many things i think all those things apply for me but when i was coming to terms with vaginismus i was kind of like looking back on my life and i have a memory of it's not just a memory it's actually a very big part of my (laughs) life but so i was 15 and um, we were going to a school dance and by the way i find this very very inappropriate that well basically the teachers you had to be at the school dance by nine o'clock and we got there at 901 and they wouldn't let us into the school dance even though i think we're their responsibility but anyway so essentially a few of us went away to hang out a bunch of teenagers and me and this guy from another school were kind of flirting back and forth and then we ended up in a wendy's and we went in the wendy's bathroom kind of start to like make out little bit of fooling around and then eventually he kind of like guides me to go down on him Ew, and did you do I, like the head push thing? yeah yeah oh. like yeah yeah 
anyway so he did that and i just remember not like i just didn't really understand i was just like okay well i know people do this i haven't done this i'm gonna do it and so guides me down it's in my mouth for probably three seconds and then i was like yeah not for me and i was just like uh i'm gonna go and you were a virgin at this time yes and so and and this was my first time giving oral so basically maybe a few days later a bunch of guys kept walking by me and laughing and being like wendy's wendy's and at the time i hadn't even registered that we were in a wendy's when that happened so i couldn't understand why they kept saying that and then i realized what had happened flash forward to maybe a few weeks later we're at a school event where he keeps looking at me so he's come to our school and he keeps looking at me and in disgust and calling me a slut and a whore (gasps) and so basically he kept saying it and um i slapped him across the face yes you did i never knew that part yes yeah and then he he like not even you know within a blink of an eye punched me back (gasps) and i fell to the floor and then he spat in my face wait what the fuck you never told me that part yeah i did Oh my god. Maybe you forgot. It's PTSD. I don't know. Yeah, maybe um, I blacked it out. I have like PTSD <laughs> for you. Actually, from there on out, I remember the next day there was a um, school festival thing at his school. So a bunch of us went. Uh, when we were there, he got a bunch of young girls to kind of like chase after me. And I don't think me. I would have even had the balls to go to that event the next day. Yeah, actually, like in hindsight, I don't even know like I'm like, did I just like pick up and be like, anyway, on to the next? Like, I, I don't know what my thought process was yeah. at the time. But I went with a few friends and he had these girls chase me into a Burger King washroom. There's a lot of like oh, fast food washrooms yeah. happening here. Okay. Um, And basically I was terrified. Like I was like crying to my friend because she was in there blocking the door with me. And I was like, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. And she was like, you know what? Let's just go outside. These girls harassed me for a little bit. And then eventually it stopped and we, you know, went our separate ways. That, yeah. So that happened when I was 15. And then as the years went on, it was essentially my identity. So I grew up in a South Asian household. And so where I grew up, there was a very large South Asian community. And essentially that the word got out that that had happened. And I, I've heard all versions of this story. And essentially it got to the point where I was, I think 19. And it was to the point where I couldn't go anywhere without people looking at me funny and it was to the point where I was like maybe I'm losing it like there's no way everybody is looking at me or whispering behind my back and I remember walking on a bus one day and my friend was like I I said to my friend I was like oh those girls are looking at me and laughing and I was like that's weird I don't even know them and she's like oh yeah they know you they go to the high school that that guy went to and they all know what happened and this is four years later that's insane yeah yeah and then I went to university and people I'd never even known during that time knew about this so people at this is during the time where like on Facebook people were posting a lot more and like writing messages to each other posting pictures so and I remember this one girl who was not a big fan of me would like post pictures with like a Wendy's fast food bag and like girls yeah girls would be you know catty messages to each other it was just very obvious got to the point where when I was in university guys would be like oh yeah I hooked up with her and well saying that they hooked up with me and at this point I hadn't had sex at all so what it did was it created a mindset where when people kept calling me a slut and a whore how I would justify things to myself is I'd say but I am still a virgin 
And that kind of became my story. So I think in being a virgin, it just made me believe that that was a good thing. And that was like my safety net. So I think I got attached to that story. And so when I finally did it, it was not a pleasant experience. Right. So obviously this is something that affects your ability to have penetrative sex, like you said. So have you ever had sex and had it not be painful? Yeah, once. I don't really know why, but it was essentially, I was going to meet with this guy who was very, very, very attracted to, and Mm -hmm. you know, just to make clear, attraction doesn't really have anything to do with it. You could be so in love and so attracted to somebody, but it's just not working. But yeah, I just remember one day we decided to meet up and before I met with him, I put a dilator in to see how kind of tight I was down there to see how was painful that it was dilator going to be. that I made you buy? Literally, it was, it yes. was that. Amazing. <laughs> yes. So yes. you put that in um, before you went to meet up with this guy? Yeah, because I was like, what, what is there, like, what should I expect here? Like, yeah. is it going to be, like, super painful? Or, like, do, should I just, like, open it up a little bit? Because, like, it hasn't seen anything in a while. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so, and then when I put it in, there was just no pain at all. It was just, it just, like, slid right in. And I was like, ooh, like, this is a good day. So when I met up with him, we did our thing. And it was not painful, but it didn't necessarily feel good. Like, I don't, I, I still don't know what it feels like to have penetrated sex. And basically, it like, I don't understand the feeling of how people are like, oh my God, this feels amazing. Right. Internally. Jeez. Okay. So this yeah. sounds like a conversation that you might have to have with a new partner before becoming intimate. Conversations mm. before intimacy are something I know a little bit about. Um, <laughs> probably everyone listening does too. So in today's day and age, like we all stalk each other on social media. And as you said, you're an actor. You are very easily Googleable. So why am I calling you Rafiki other than the fact that I find it highly amusing, but that's not your name. All your friends already know you have vaginismus. Like it's not a secret. So why are we calling you Rafiki? There was a time at the beginning of lockdown where I started to talk to a guy and we were just kind of texting back and forth and planning meetups, but obviously things got more strict and it didn't happen, but we were chatting a lot. And actually I was like, oh my God, he's such a great guy. We're getting along really well. And one day he messaged me being like, hey, uh, I feel like I should tell you something. And I was like, oh God, okay. Like what? I don't, I don't know. Basically he's like, so I Googled you. I'm like, okay. And he was like, and I found this podcast online and I learned some new information about you. And I was like, what? Like, I, I still didn't understand what he was talking about. And I guess years ago I had done another podcast about vaginismus and I totally forgot and essentially he listened to it you know saying that he was super cool about it and whatever but i just felt like that's information i would have wanted to share like we haven't even met yet Mm -hmm. and you know this about me right he was able to find it because you used your real name on the podcast and then like exactly that power of having a calm personal conversation was like taken away from you because this thing exists on the internet a hundred percent and it was something i was thinking about a lot when i was talking to him because i thought oh god if i meet with him and we like each other and then i never used to think as 
deeply about it. Like it was just during the time that I wasn't doing any work on the vaginismus, I never thought about it because I just thought, oh, this is my life. This is just what's going to happen. So if I am going to meet with somebody or anything's going to happen, it's just going to be painful and that's life. But when I started to do the work on it, I felt a bit more nervous about it. Mm -hmm. And so I was thinking about it a lot. And then for it to be on my mind and then for him to bring it up, I felt super exposed. Right. And you had asked for that to be taken down like years ago. And for whatever reason, the podcast episode didn't get taken down. And I think that's a really big lesson for all of us. Like it's definitely something that I've thought about because I'm fucking out here talking about my vulva on the internet and my sex life. And once you put something out there, like it is out there and you may mm -hmm. never be able to take it back. It was because I'm not ready to speak about this with my own personal name. I think that was more the lesson, but I don't want to live in a world where I'm not talking about this at all because actually I don't meet enough people who know what it is. And it's kind of surprising considering it's quite a high statistic of how many women will suffer from vaginismus at some point in their life. Mm -hmm. So I, I do want to talk about it, but I also don't want, um, I'm not ready for people yeah. to know who I am. So yeah, I think that was more the lesson of it's okay to talk about it, but it might, it's also okay to have another identity while yeah. talking about it. Have you ever talked about it? It publicly other than that podcast and this one now obviously yeah so i did a show um it was a play where women maybe it was eight women i don't remember anymore um, but basically they came together and they all got to write a 10 minute piece about their life. And you write it, you go into a theater space and you present your story. So I ended up presenting the entire story about what had happened in my high school experience at Wendy's up until whatever age I am, or I was at that time. And that was actually super liberating. It felt good. It was really interesting that a lot of people that came, even friends of friends kind of came up to me after and were like, whoa, I didn't know you had that. And also, I never even knew that existed. So that was really cool. I guess it didn't feel as exposing because it's not permanent and you can't film theater. Yeah. So it just felt like, okay, you can come and you can see it and I can share the story, but then it's, it's out in the world and it's not just kind of stuck there for someone else to keep replaying. Yeah, I like what you said about people not knowing because when I was Googling for this episode, I was looking on the CDC and the World Health Organization, which are like the first two places I go when I'm researching anything. The CDC doesn't even have a dedicated page for vaginismus. The World Health Organization returns zero search results for it. It's so frustrating because like you said, you're not the only person I know with vaginismus. So how did you even learn this word? And how did you feel when someone finally put a label on what you were going through? So basically, I guess like you, you know, you start asking your friends, like, do you feel pain? What's going on? You realize it's not normal or not common maybe with everyone to have pain. I went to the doctors. I had an experience where doctors would be like, you should just like drink wine. It'll relax you. Which is the most fucking insane thing I've ever heard. Like, I hate everyone. And I was just like, thank you for wasting my life. By the way, it doesn't help. <laughs> so I'd hear things like that or, you know, I would have doctors kind of be like, oh, have you been raped before or molested? And, and my response was always not that I know of, but again, not really any feedback. And so eventually um, I had a pap test with a gynecologist and I had told her prior to the pap smear, I was like, just so you know, like this happens to me. And she was like, oh, and she asked a few more questions and she said, I think I know what this is, but we're going to go ahead with the pap smear if I see you 10 
tense up even a little bit. I mean, like before I even enter, she's like, I'm not going in because I don't want to cause more trauma. And I was like, oh, okay. So I guess she's about to go in and I must have tightened up right away. And she was like, yep, okay, we're done. And I was like, oh, like what happened? She's like, so I think that you have vaginismus. And obviously when I heard that, I was like, what version of a Christmas holiday is this? <laughs> I, I don't even know. But basically she kind of just told me like, this is something that happens to women. It's an involuntary response. She didn't really give me any tools or like any kind of advice, but it was just kind of like, this is what it is. So from there, I kind of went on to like Google it and like research it a bit more. There wasn't much out there. So I guess I just felt like, oh, okay, it's something that exists. So I know that that's true and there's not really any resources or help for me. So I guess that I'll just live my life this way. Yeah, I think I remember you like saying something like that to me and I was like, no, that's not okay. We're going to drunkenly buy these dilators. So now... <laughs> you are doing you know that was a long time ago that you got that first dilator kit oh and now, by the way maybe wine is the solution because that night we had a lot of wine and got super drunk and you were googling vaginismus and essentially you, you were like okay you can get these dilators we're getting them right now like enough is enough we're dealing with this so apparently it is the solution to the problem <laughs> Okay, so now you're doing a lot more, I don't know if you would call it treatment or work or whatever, to mm -hmm. cope and live treat. I don't know if that's the right word. So like, what are you doing to deal with vaginismus these days? I was going to say a friend of mine, you, <laughs> sent me a page. It was a page on vaginismus. You sent me a few of them. And there was one that I was particularly drawn to. The woman who runs the page had free consultations. And then you could decide if you want to go forward and work with her. And so I had the consultation. I was like, this sounds amazing. And we made a decision to go forward having one-on-ones. And essentially, that is the work that I have been doing, that I continue to do, that I've been doing for the past year. So what is that work? <laughs> it's a lot of different things. So I didn't realize because I think people, obviously you're frustrated and you just want the physical solution. But what you don't realize is, you know, it's pain manifested physically. And I'm talking about emotional pain. So there's things that have happened in your life, have manifested in your body that are causing you to tense up. and. I guess I just thought, oh, once I deal with the dilators, that's it, which I, I don't even know if I was using them properly at that time. So we kind of started off with a lot of emotional work. There was so many things. So essentially she sets up bi-weekly calls and you kind of talk about anything in your day, kind of like therapy. You talk about things, she gets to know you better and comes up with weekly activities and um, at-home activities for you to work through your vaginismus. So when we started, she was like, I advise you to get silicone dilators. They work better than the plastic ones and they feel more like an actual um, penis. She said that we were not gonna work with dilators and that we were gonna do some of the emotional work first. So these can include pelvic floor stretches to um, reverse Kegel exercises, and then also things like retraining the subconscious mind. So there's things that we believe about ourselves. So even again, you know, as I said, if you feel like you want to do something, but your body's not agreeing with it, that means that there's something, some sort of trauma in your body that needs to be let out. We did all kinds of exercises. And one of my favorite things was learning how to say no to things that you don't want to do, but also knowing when you say yes. And when you say no, and if, if you're actually true to your word. So I did an exercise with a friend where it was simple questions like, can I hug you? 
do you want to hang out in my room with me? And it's actually amazing asking questions like that. You don't realize how often you say yes, even though you're like, ugh, like I kind of just want to hang out in my own room and watch a TV show and just chill out. But if your roommate like, hey, why don't you come to my room and we'll watch together? You'll do it, right? You're just like, oh, you know, they want to, we can hang out together. But actually it's not really what you want to do. It taught me a lot on how those things sit in your body and how often, especially in sexual encounters, we put ourselves in situations where we might not be 100% comfortable and we don't even realize it. There was exercises where you can even, you know, sometimes you're looking at your body naked in the mirror and telling yourself you, you love yourself. I was sent a lot of trauma healing articles, a lot of meditations, and then eventually after the emotional work is not done but you've kind of gone through a bit of the process she starts you know making it really fun for you there's an ab game that she has where there's a list of different ways of touch or tickle or slap or certain parts of your body and you just kind of do it and see which ones you like which ones you don't like so then you start to get to know yourself sexually and like what you like you do quizzes on erotic blueprints just to understand yourself you work on wheels of consent to know again how you feel in certain situations and she also does a lot of work for people who have partners i don't have one but it is a huge issue with people who are couples and in most cases it would be the woman who is going through the vaginismus and a male partner who is frustrated or doesn't understand how to deal with it and then it causes issues with you know you don't find me attractive or you don't love me where that's actually not the truth always so there, there's so many things that we kind of did uh, that i can't obviously tell all of but but it, it's been really amazing so do you think it's helping you it definitely is the thing is i haven't had the chance yet to put this experience. work into practice yes exactly there's a pandemic happening um, a pandemic. but there's a pandemic so basically what i know is having done the emotional work I feel like a different person it's really opened me up a lot and I wouldn't give that back or anything mm -hmm. yeah I remember when you started doing it and like I don't know if you called me or we were video chatting or something I have known you for a long time and I was like I've literally <laughs> never heard you speak like this I've never heard you talk like this who are you yes yeah, so it was exciting I just realized if anyone doesn't know what dilators are can you explain like what a dilator kit is? So essentially dilators are like they Russian can dolls for your vagina. <laughs> yeah, like they can come. Um, basically, it's meant to be the shape of a penis and they can be plastic. They can be silicone and they come in different sizes. So they can come. I think the first one is the size of a pinky to it goes maybe two sizes bigger than I think the average quote unquote, you know, average penis. Okay. size and essentially you work your way up by putting them in and um yeah to get used to having something inside of you and not associate it with trauma cool so i think we're gonna wrap up do you have any advice for anyone who's hearing this and is like oh my god i think that's what i have i just didn't have the word for it like do you have any advice for them or anything else you want anyone to know about vaginismus. The important thing to remember is that there's nothing wrong with you. It's your body's response to protect you. So it's actually doing exactly what it's supposed to do. If it is something that you are ready to deal with, I recommend finding Instagram pages and finding resources where people are talking about it and contacting people who have either dealt with it. There's so many Instagram pages where so many women are talking about their own experiences and also creating programs to help other women. And I'm always available for questions. I think it's a process. 
it's frustrating, but I think it's so worth going down the road to heal. Amazing. Okay. So you said you're always available. So if people want, they can reach out to me. You know, I'm on Instagram, Positively Positive Podcast and be like, hey, I heard the Vaginismus episode. I want to talk to that girl. Amazing. I will hook you up with my friend Rafiki and she can, I don't know, be a friend. Yes. Hook them up. Amazing. Okay. Thank you so much. I love you so much. And yeah. I love you. Ew, we're Thank you for having vomit. me. Ew, I can't. Yeah. Okay. Well. We hate each other. Thanks for listening. Share this link far and wide. Leave five star reviews and follow me on Instagram at Positively Positive Podcast. Check out the website, PositivelyPositivePodcast.com, for reliable HSV resources and options to support the podcast or say thanks. Buy me a coffee, join the Patreon, or get yourself a Positively Positive sticker. If you just want to say hi, email me at PositivelyPositivePodcast at gmail.com or leave me a voicemail on Anchor. I'm out here, okay? It will always be me reading all your messages. You are not alone. I'm living Positively Positive, and you can too.